0: Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house, will you stand with us? Yes, let's worship together.
1: What a great day the day he saved my soul how's everybody in church land good my name's will reintroduce <laughs> myself after being gone last week a- Angie and I celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary when yeah they, that's good thank you thank you thank you With Jackie when Angie and I got married we were just we were dirt poor and I could not take her on a honeymoon so for 40 years we've been saving up and uh, we, we went to a little island called Punta Cana in uh, the Dominican Republic had a great time uh, every every morning we got up went down to the beach beautiful cause beautiful beach beautiful sand beautiful water i would i would recline under an umbrella and read and every day though every day this guy came walking down the beach and he had a monkey i mean there's a real monkey and I'm fascinated with monkeys. And, and so what the deal was is you could go down there and get your picture made with this monkey. And uh, man, I was just, I was chomping at the bits. Finally, finally on the, the next to the last day we were there, I said, Angie, let's go get our picture made with that monkey. And, and she said, okay, why not, let's go. And so we went down there and, and the monkey just, he jumped on me, literally jumped on me and ripped off my sunglasses and put them on his head. (laughs) He stole them from me. And then he started yanking my beard, (laughs) abusing me, literally. This monkey stole from me and abused me. Got a picture of him, I think. There we are. There's. And then they told me his name. Obama. That's it. There we go. That's it. Hey, we had a good time. Thanks for letting us go spend a week at Punta Cana. Glad to be back though. There is no place like home. I mean, there's no place like Kavanaugh Church as well. And if you are a guest we warmly welcome you. There is a Connect card on the chair back in front of you. If you'd take that Connect card, fill it out, and as soon as service is over with, take it to the Connect counter out this door. We'll trade that card for a gift certificate to Chick-fil-A and also a coffee mug. So glad you're here. Stand up. We're going to pray, and then we'll greet one another it's good to be in your house today. It's great to sing praises to your name. I pray that the Holy Spirit would fill this room, challenge us, and change us, mold us into the will of God. We love you so much, and we dedicate this hour to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn around and say hi to seven people. Okay, okay, that's enough. Sit down. Sit down, shut up. Does anybody know what today is? Come on, what is today? Who cares about Father's Day? I mean, really, we, we make a big deal about Mama's Day. You go to Walmart for Mother's Day, there are seven rows of Mother's Day cards Thousands of options. You go for Father's Day, there's one little display with seven cards you can choose from. Am I right about that? I mean, the world could care less about dads, but let me tell you, we love our dads at Kavanaugh Church. That, that was a gentle ladies clap. We love our dads at Kavanaugh Church. We really do. So so glad to have you with us today. And as always, we have a a great gift for the dads. Great gift. Um, and this isn't just for dads. This is for all males. I mean, if you're a guy and you know you're a guy, we got a gift for you. All right. Now we've given some awesome gifts. Just throw out your favorite Father's Day gift up to this point. anybody? Anyway? tape. Duct tape. Yeah, that's my go-to. Anything else? Switchblade. Switchblade. Johnny, I remember when we gave the switchblades. I told first service I hadn't been here very long, and and I found these really cool. They were switchblade knives. I can remember my dad having one, and and so I called Steve Tabor, who was prosecuting attorney at the time, and said, "Steve, is it legal that we give these out?" And there was a long pause, (laughs) but we gave them anyway, because we're real men. Anyway, I got a great one for you today. You know what it is? No, you don't. But let me show you. Cool little pouch, by the way. Look at this thing. Look at this bad boy. Anybody know what that is? Not just pliers. The description for this item, super pliers. Super pliers. Not only is it a plier, it is a 12 multi-function tool for a real man. Say it with me, super. Pliers. Pliers. Super. Super. Pliers. Pliers. Super. Super. Pliers. Pliers. Super. Super. Pliers. Pliers. You're going home with super pliers today. And, man, I'm getting jittery just thinking about it. Not only that, it won't close. (laughs) There it is. There she is. Our church logo, Kavanaugh. Church, your church for life is imprinted on it. So, guys, no matter what you do with this super plier multi tool, whether you keep it in your pocket, in your truck, in your nightstand, you're always going to know that your church gave it to you and your church loves you. Eric, that's as good as I can do, man. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't know. What do you think? So all guys, all men, doesn't matter if you're dad or not, just all men get a super pliers today. Are we ready? Dad, what's the best thing about this gift? Super pliers. What's the best thing about it? It's free. (laughs) Y'all are not as excited as I thought you thought you'd be. All right, we ready? Jason, you want to help us here, man? Yeah, if you could run down there. We're, we're, guys, come on. Come get your super pliers. Let's do it. Okay, it ain't bad, not bad, not bad, I don't, Jackie's here today, Jackie, good to have you in your family. Do you, do you know of any other church that gives super pliers to fathers? I mean, here it is. What a great gift, right? Fantastic, but you know what? It ain't over. It ain't over. When you walked in, if you're a dad, if you've had children, you were given a ticket if you didn't get one of those tickets, raise your hand right now, and our staff is going to give you a ticket, because we want every dad to have a chance to win this once-in-a-lifetime gift. Every dad, every dad, make sure you get one, all right? Good deal. They're, they're dispersing a few more to dads who didn't get one. Man, man. oh, Our drummer didn't get one up here. We need... Get one to our drummer. We're going to take time for this because this is just the ultimate gift right here. Ladies, remember what we gave one super mama on Mother's Day? It was a $200 spa spree. $200 for a lady to spend all day at, a, at the greatest spa in town. Remember that? Guys, same thing for you. It was funnier first service, let me tell you. Y'all are all dead serious right here, aren't we? Yeah, we're taking our time with this, Jason. I mean, this is, this is important. Jace, Jason has the other tickets right here, and he's, he's scurrying up here. He's okay, come on, yeah, I think that's everybody. Oh, Brother Johnny's got a few more. Brother Johnny, is, he's hustling. He's gonna hustle all week because he's taking little kids to camp today. Y'all pray for Brother Johnny, boy, he needs it. All right, here comes Brother Jason. Notice what Brother Jason is carrying up here. It's, it's an ammo can. That's what it is, an yeah, ammo, ammo box. box.
2: Yeah.
1: Loaded bullets in there, man. That's right, man. You ready you for this? Yeah. yeah. Shake her up, Brother. Shake her up. Winning ticket. Who thinks they have the winning ticket right here? Okay, we're about to see. You want to draw it? I want you to draw okay. it because I don't, I don't want to be blamed for any of this. man. Okay. Here it is. Okay. Should I tell them what they're actually going to win? Them, yeah. This is a $200 yeah. gift certificate. I actually should have made it for $201, shouldn't I? But it, anyway, $200, $200 gift certificate to...
2: Ooh, Academy.
1: Academy. One of my favorite stores. Sports and Outdoors. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Love it. I'd, I'd man, love to that, win that, man. So I got the winning ticket right here. Brother Jason pulled it out of the ammo can. 41. Who's still in it right now? 4104. <laughs> oh, four. oh, half of them. Ooh, you're knocking them out. Losers. <laughs> 41048. Oh, okay, if you're Ooh. still in it, raise your hand. Oh. If You're still in it.
2: Okay. We
1: got a few. Ooh, man. We
2: got
1: a few. This gets it's down intense. to it, man. Four, one. Oh, four, eight, five. Five. Who is it? (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey. Yeah, one. Wow. Man. Dude, I'm so proud of you. You know what you are? Yeah, you. You know what you are? You're a winner. Brother Jeff, greatest guitar player in the universe. He's a winner. Here you go, buddy. Bless your heart, man. We'll get a picture after service, okay? Me and you. And I want to keep part of that gift certificate. (laughs) Hey, glad that you're here. Give our dads another big hand, would you? They are awesome. Y'all stand up. Let's worship the Lord together.
2: that the highest king would welcome me i was lost but he brought me in oh his love for me oh his love for me
0: scriptures up here. I'm going to read it and you are welcome to read along with me. This is a great passage that just talks about who our God is. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name for you are great and do marvelous deeds You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all of my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. Amen. Amen. We serve such a great God. And this last song is entitled Famous for and it talks of different scenarios in the Bible where God showed up in difficult situations. He parted the waters and uh, he was with the three Hebrew children in the fire, right? And he breathed life into dead dry bones. And We serve that same God. There is no God like our God. And so today, you may be in this place and you need something really special from the Lord. You may be needing deliverance and you're standing there and you need Him to part the waters for you. Or you're tired and you're weary and your bones are dead and you need new life. We serve a God who can do all things. It's the same God. There's no one like our God. Will you sing this song with us? You're famous. Lord, you have delivered us from everlasting misery and so lord in return we offer our everlasting praise to the one true god it is your name that we praise in this place today lord we just ask that if anyone in this room is needing a miracle needing you to make a way father they will call out on your name today and believe that you are who you say you are And that you can do the impossible. We trust you. We praise you in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Be seated.
1: you praise team give them another big hand would you appreciate them and their ministry thanks brother nathan for bringing this up Uh, our teenagers went to beach camp last week and they had a uh, memorable trip home Uh, i think they sat on the interstate right outside of mobile for five hours and uh, then while they were coming through mississippi they uh, they encountered a tornado uh, literally, there was a tornado, and uh, they got held on. You don't believe me, there's proof. Our vans are beat to death out there, and uh, they have video of it. Nathan sent the video out of, of huge hell balls coming down and the wind just swirling, and our teenagers were in that van praying to Jesus. <laughs> so uh, it, was a, it was a good end result, right? They got, they got close to the Lord at beach camp, but they really got close to Jesus in Mississippi. No doubt about it. Dads, I want to talk to you this morning on how to become a great godly dad. You can't overestimate the importance of a good dad in the home. Ronnie, thank you. Let me me say that again. You can't overestimate the importance of a good godly dad in your home. Family Circle commissioned the Gallup organization to study super achievers, those adults who have been most successful in accomplishing their goals. The Gallup people interviewed 237 extremely successful people in business, sports, politics, the arts and science, trying to find the keys to success. The first thing listed by USA Today in reporting the results was this. the super achievers claim that the number one agent in making them achieve their goals was the attention given to them by their fathers. Psychology Today reported a similar study of more than 200 fathers surveyed over four decades. And the report begins this way. Ward Cleaver had the best formula for fatherhood. Who remembers Ward Cleaver? Anybody know What show was it? Leave it to Beaver, Beaver's dad, Ward Cleaver. He had the best formula for fatherhood. Get involved with your kids, whether playing a game of catch or lending a sympathetic ear. Dads can make a big difference. And that's the pivot point of my message because I believe it's true. Dads can make a big difference in the lives of their kids. The problem is, a lot of dads don't. According to the latest statistics in America, 43% of all children, nearly half of them, live without a father in the home. And 32% of that 43 are boys. Live in a home without a father. What is alarming to me about that statistic is, America is... is leaps and bounds out of proportion with the rest of the world. For the rest of the world, that number is about 7%. About 7% of the children in the world live without a father in the home, but in America it's 43%. 90% of homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides or from fatherless homes. 85% of children who exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And 85% of youths in prison grew up in a fatherless home. Now, right there with all those numbers, I lost about half of you because you don't connect with that. And the others of you got mad at me because you grew up in a home without a dad or maybe you're living in a home right now without a dad and you don't wanna hear this. Listen to me though, please listen to this. Just because those statistics are real and that is what is in reality happening in America, that doesn't mean your child is destined for problems if there isn't a father in the house. It just means the Lord is gonna have to work overtime in your home. But can I tell you, our God is able He can do that. And there needs to be other people who step up to the plate and start pouring in to these kids. I could tell you story after story of great men and women of God who grew up in a fatherless home. I'll say it again, the Lord is able. But nevertheless, I think we'd all agree, it's hard to replace the presence of a godly man in the home. Because that's the way God intended it to be. One of the most practical books in the Bible is the book of Proverbs. There are 27 direct references to fathers in the book. Actually, there are many more than that, but the actual word father occurs 27 times in the book of Proverbs. In essence, it is a a book that contains 31 chapters of advice from a father to his children. It is addressed from Solomon to his sons. So it's all about fathering. And today I wanna go through the book of Proverbs and pick out some pertinent passages that deal with fatherhood and how you can be a great dad. Because more than anything else, that's the dad I wanna be and the granddad I wanna be. I wanna be a great godly man for my wife, my kids, and my grandbabies. My my run's almost over, dude. I'm coming to the end of my journey. But you know what? I can still learn things that can have an impact on my adult children and my baby grandchildren. So guys, would you join with me this morning? And together, let's learn how we can be godly dads. Wives, do that to them. them. Let's get going here. I've got got six ways, and I'm going to do it fast, so don't don't worry. We'll we'll get out before harvest time. Don't worry. All right? We're good. Number one, godly dads fear the Lord. I I wanted to start there because this, this really is the foundation for all of these other things. Godly dads fear the Lord. Where do I get that? Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence now think about that when a man fears God he is strong why because he's standing on the rock he's building his life on the solid rock of God and because of that because of his fear for God he he is strong he can gain heaven's strength from that and his children will have a place of refuge Because the man of God fears the Lord, he is strong, and his children are safe. Out of the NIV, it says, he who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for his children, it will be a place of refuge. That's the kind of home he's building, a refuge for his kids. Why? Because he fears God. What does it mean to fear the Lord? I believe above anything else, it it is a sense of reverence that we have for God. It's not like we're, we're scared to death and we're trembling before. No, we respect God. We understand that God is the supreme allied commander of the universe. He is God. He is alone as God. He is holy and He is pure. And He is to be honored and respected and obeyed. Now, when you have a man who fears the Lord, it's going to set a different tone in the home catch up with me. When you've got a daddy who fears God, it sets a different tone in the home. Things are ran different. Things work differently. Why? Because daddy understands who God is and he's leading his family to respect God. There you're going to find a family that prays before their meals. Why? Because they understand that God provides all things, everything they have, even the food they eat is a gift from God. There, you're going to have a family who has bedtime prayers. Why? Because they recognize the need for God's protection not only during the day, but also at night. They're going to go to church on Sundays. Why? Because they understand that God expects to be worshiped and adored. They're going to be cautious about the kind of movies and television shows that they show in their living room. Why? Because they understand that Jesus Christ is living in that home with them. They're going to trust the Lord during lean times because they know that their God is the one who has promised to provide and he will. And all of that begins because dad respects God. And he teaches his children to respect and honor the Lord as well. Oh, you got to love this verse. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And his children have a place of refuge. Number two, godly dads live lives of integrity. They're men of integrity. They follow what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. They act like men. That's what Paul said to do. If you're a man, raise your hand. Paul is saying, act like a man. And in order to act like a man, you're going to have to be a person of integrity. Look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. A righteous man walks in his integrity... His children are blessed after him. Why? Because he's making good decisions, godly decisions. He's living a life of integrity. Then Proverbs three thirty three, The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. God is not going to bless those who make bad decisions, but he blesses the home of the just. How many of y'all pick up those little daily breads that we make available to you. They're little devotional guides. If you're not picking those up, make sure you start picking them up as a a devotion for every day. I've I've read them for years. Uh, I'll never forget reading one written by Henry Bosch, a devotional writer for the Daily Bread. He, He talks about growing up in his home. His dad was a Christian man, a deacon in their church, and in the summertime, Henry would go to work with his dad. They had the same routine, they would leave their house, stop at a little convenience store, and his dad, John, would pick up a newspaper that he would take to work, and during break, John would read the newspaper and give his son, Henry, the comics, okay? So this kinda stuck in in Henry's mind, he remembered that. He said one day they, they stopped and picked up a paper and took it to work, and at break time, his dad realized that he had inadvertently picked up two newspapers. They were so thin that day, he just, by mistake, kind of reminds me of our newspaper now. It's, what, three pages? (laughs) And and John was in a quandary. He he thought about it for a moment, and and then he said, you know what, I'm going to walk this paper back down to that store. I don't want that owner who isn't a Christian to think that I am a dishonest man. And so during his coffee break, he took the paper back down to the store. A week later, some expensive items were shoplifted from that same store. The police calculated that at the time of the robbery, there were only two men in the store, Mr. Bosch and another man. But here's what the store owner said. I know John is honest. Just last week, he came all the way back here to work to return a newspaper he had taken by mistake. It's not John, I know, it's got to be the other man. So the police left John alone, went and questioned the other man instead, and in doing so, apprehended the culprit who made a full confession. Here is what Henry wrote in our Daily Bread. Father's honesty and Christian character not only made a deep impression on the storekeeper, But his actions also left an indelible mark upon my young and pliable mind. I learned that day my dad was a man of integrity, and I wanted to be just like him. Who knows what my kids are going to think about me after I'm dead and gone? But you know what, I I hope I've done, Jason, I hope I've done at least one thing. I hope I have lived a life of both action and words in front of them where they will remember their dad as a man who, when he gave his word, he did what he said he was going to do. His word was as good as gold. When he made a promise, he came through. He always did the right thing, even when nobody else was watching. I hope my kids remember that I am a man of integrity. And you know what that means, guys? It means that you're gonna do the right thing no matter what. No matter who's watching, what's going on, you're just gonna live the right way and do the right thing. Because you're a person of integrity. Now, I haven't always done that, but let me tell you, I'm, I'm trying every day to become better at being a person of integrity. But it's you making the decision you're gonna do it. I'll never forget years ago we were living in Pine Bluff. Anybody ever been to Pine Bluff? You don't wanna stay there very long. They had opened a new Lowe's in in Pine Bluff and and I went in one day and bought a few things and and that was back when they actually checked you out. Don't get me going there, all right? But I went out to the truck and, and I was unloading my stuff and I realized there was, a, there was a, a pipe fitting that was stuck down in the cart that wasn't in the sack and they, they didn't ring me up for it, Keenan It was just there. And so you know what I did? I marched myself right back into the store, went to the same little cashier and said, here, you didn't charge me for this. And she looked at like, me like I was a chicken with my head cut off. It, literally, this is what she said. You mean... You came back in here to pay for it? And Ronnie kind of caught me at the point. Yeah. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. Be men of integrity. Your kids need to see you doing the right thing and saying the right things. Enough of that. Y'all are tired of that one. Number three godly dads remain true to their wives well i could preach a whole series on this years ago right after angie and i got married i remember somebody saying to me the greatest thing a man can do for his children is to love his wife the greatest thing i can do for my kids is love their mama my wife about the same time i heard another statement If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I've tried to balance those two things in my life right there. I I wanna read to you a passage in Proverbs that's very blunt and normally it's it's one that would make my face turn red, but you know what? It's in the Bible and so I'm gonna read it to you. I, I don't know of another passage that is more important for a healthy home than Proverbs chapter five. This was written by a father to his married son warning him against unfaithfulness. Are you ready for it? Proverbs 5, start with 1 through 5. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lay hold of hell. So basically, he's telling his son, you know what? You, You don't need to have eyes for any other woman other than your wife. You be faithful to your wife. Don't go after immoral women don't even be looking at them on the internet your love should belong to one woman your wife and then it skips down to verse number 15 it says drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well should your fountains be dispersed abroad streams of water in the streets let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed. And you're thinking right now, what does what this water stuff in cisterns and wells have to do with a husband and wife? He's using an analogy. He's telling his son, you don't just throw water out in the streets. You don't waste water. He's he's writing this in a region of the world where water was precious. And you did not waste water. You didn't go out the front door and just throw water down in your lawn or out in the street. It was precious. And the analogy he is using is this. You don't do that with your love. Your heart should belong to one woman, your wife. Your love should be given to only one woman, your wife, and here it is, and rejoice with the wife of your youth. That's the one you married, guys. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breath satisfy you at all times, and always be enraptured with her love. Nobody else's. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman? and be embraced in the arms of a seductress. Wow. Notice that phrase, always, always, always be enraptured by her love. Men are commanded here to always be enraptured, to always be in love with their wives, nobody else. Now guys, let me tell you, that doesn't happen automatically. It happens as we choose to remain committed to the one that we married for the long haul. And nothing is more important for your kids than to see mom and dad in love, acting like they're in love not fighting and bickering in the home and throwing things at each other. Your kids should never see any of that. If you have a dispute, you need to do it in your bedroom where they can't hear or some way, somewhere away from your kids. They don't need to see or hear you fighting. What they need to see is you embracing your wife, holding her hand, looking her in the eye and telling her you love her. Come on, people. Amen nothing more important for your kids than that there's a similar passage in proverbs chapter 31 now we usually think of this as the pen portrait of the ideal woman or mother but it also says something about this woman's husband he loves her he affirms her verbally he trusts her i want you to look at verse 10 of proverbs 31 who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trust her. Now I can't say enough about that last sentence. The, the heart of her husband trusts her. Th- that means this. That man can act like a man and do what God has created him to do. Because he has a wife back home who loves him and is faithful to him, and he doesn't have to wonder about her love. He knows she's committed to him. And he can trust her. Can I tell you, there's nothing like trust in a marriage. If your trust in your marriage has been broken, I pray to God that you would do everything you can to make that right. And over time, rebuild that trust factor because it's so imperative in a good marriage. And what does he say to her? How does a good godly husband affirm his wife? Well, his words are recorded in in, in verse 29. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. And if we back up to 28, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. So what's daddy doing? He's affirming mama. He's he's telling the kids out loud, your mama's the best mama in the world. Babe, I love you. Ain't nobody like you. You're my gal. You're my girl. Love you, babe. Guys, your wife needs that. Your kids need that. Because a good, godly dad is going to love his wife and his kids are going to know that. Again, you're wanting me to go on, so here I go. Number four, godly dads teach their children the way of the Lord. This is the great theme of the book of Proverbs. It it really runs all the way through the book. Look at how the, the, the main body of this book starts in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent So what he's he's laying the foundation, he says, this is the way you live your life, it's through the wisdom of the Lord. And then Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1 and following, hear my children, the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live, get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the word of my mouth. So here the writer of Proverbs is is laying it out for us. He's saying, here is the heritage you are to leave for your kids. Your dad taught you the things of God. Now you teach your children the things of God. Pass those things down. Now, there are several ways to do that, of course, but I think the most basic way is to do it like we're taught in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You share with your kids the things of God and the words of God throughout the day. What does it say in Deuteronomy 6? You do it when you lie down, when you rise up, when you sit at your home, when you walk along the way. Now those of you who have little kids in your home right now, or even teenage kids, I know how busy it is. It's absolutely crazy, isn't it? I mean, I was going to say to Whitney, but she's not here because she's out there taking care of one of her kids. I can't, I see, I see Whitney and Tyler with these three kids and it, it brings back nightmares. Because Angie and I raised three kids and it is hectic. It's chaotic. Sometimes you lose track of days and times and things because you're so busy, right? But you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional, moms and dads, about teaching your kids. And God is going to give you the opportunity to do that. In the morning, he's gonna give you an opportunity. When you sit down and eat, even, you know, even, even if it's at Taco Bell, he's gonna give you a chance. You, you better be praying if you're at Taco Bell, but you know, God's gonna give you these opportunities. When you're at Walmart, when you're driving down the road, when you're out walking the dog, God is gonna give you multiple opportunities to pour into the lives of your kids, but you have to be intentional. God, open my heart. God, give me wisdom. Show me when to speak to them and tell me what to say to them. Angie made an impactful statement on me the other day. She said, you know, our grandkids are growing up so fast. And I mean, boy, they do. As I get older, they get older quicker, you know? And she said, we're we're not going to have these grandkids around us forever. Every time I'm around them, she said, I am going to be intentional about pouring into them the things of God. And dads, I want you to pick up that mantle and take that challenge today. Be that way with your kids and your grandkids. Show them the ways of God. One last verse there is Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You need to understand that is a proverb, it's a pithy statement, it's a truth that's being laid out. You need to understand that adult children will make their own choices. And you can't make those choices for them. And you know the sad fact is sometimes your adult children make bad choices and they, they go the wrong way and they do the wrong thing. But here's what we can count on We've taught them the right thing. When they were in our home and when they were our children, we taught them the foundational things, the things of God. And now we pray, Holy Spirit, bring those things back to their remembrance. Help them to remember the ways of the Lord. And we pray that that happens. Here's what we know. God is able. And He will use those things. So you keep praying for your kids, even if they're not serving the lord number five godly dads oh boy correct their children when necessary i told the first service people i'm about to climb into a big old ball of barbed wire (laughs) just three verses i want to share with you proverbs chapter three says this my son do not despise the chastening of the lord nor detest his correction for whom the Lord, he, I mean, let me ask you something. Does God love you? How much does God love you? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There ain't no doubt God loves you. And I know that God loves me because when I force up, When I make bad choices or say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, He doesn't just leave me and let me live in that mess I've created. The Holy Spirit convicts me. And God brings it to my conscious awareness that I have done the wrong thing and I better make things right or I'm going to dig a big old pit that I can't get out of. God loves me so much that He corrects me and chastens me. And sometimes he whoops the fire out of me. He doesn't do it because he's a mean God or an abusive God. He does it because he loves me. And then look at the last phrase in this verse. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights. So we have a father that's learning from the heavenly father. Father. God loves him, so he corrects him. This earthly father loves his children, so when it is necessary, he corrects his children. He disciplines his children. Again, not because he's mean, nor does he do it abusively. He does it out of love because he wants his child to do the right thing. And he understands that if that child keeps making bad decisions and doing bad things, he is gonna dig a depot pit that's gonna mess up his or her life and the lives of everybody else. And so because he loves his kid, he corrects his kid. Parents, can I tell you something? Your children need boundaries. They really do. God made them that way. They need boundaries. You need to set those boundaries. And when they exceed those boundaries, you're the one who is to correct them. Now let me read the next verse. Here's the trouble. (laughs) He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him Promptly. My parents raised me, of course, a long time ago, before James Dobson wrote all his books. (laughs) And before they had the Internet to find out how to discipline children, what to do, what not to do. And so let me just tell you, my my parents had this belt. And my, my mom's still here. She's a little dainty thing. When I was a kid, my mama weighed 98 pounds, but she was thunder with that belt. And I don't know, I I used to say this all the time, I got a spanking every single day. Now that's not true, but it sure seemed like it was. You know what? Look at me, look at me. I deserved it. I was mean as a hornet. I was ornery. I needed discipline. I, I hated it when they would say to me, William, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. you see, it's, never true. it's never true, what a bogus lie. <laughs> <laughs> but they did it correctly. They did it biblically. I, I, I was thinking about this last night, and so I pulled up on my phone, internet, Googled James Dobson, is that book, uh, uh, Raising Strong-Willed Children. Y'all ever read that one? Whew. Whew. Here Here's Here's the thing that alarmed me when I pulled it up. Because all through this book, Dobson talks about disciplining and tra- correcting your children. But what showed on the internet are all of these people, these, I don't, I don't know who they were, just people who, who were throwing James Dobson under the bus for writing that you need to spank your kids. This one lady said, I, I had a copy of that book and I read the first chapter and threw it away in the garbage where it belonged. Who is he to tell me I, I should spank my child? Never spank my child. And I read article after article in that same vein. Maybe that's what's wrong in our world today. Now I'm not talking about being abusive, I'm not talking about child abuse. That same guy James Thompson, said, Here, here's what makes a good parent knowing which end of the child to pat and when to pat them. Sometimes they just need encouragement. They're they're doing the wrong thing. They need to be encouraged. You need to come alongside of them, Dad, and and give them a word of wisdom. But other times, they need this one down here, just a pat, not child abuse, but he who avoids, neglects, hates the rod is going to spoil his child one last verse and you're saying please hurry get over this proverbs twenty nine seventeen: correct your son and he will give you rest yes he will give delight to your soul and that is so true you, you set those boundaries with your kids you teach them the ways of the Lord. You discipline them when it is necessary. And they are going to bring delight to your life. I think that's why grandkids are so good. Because you don't, you know, I mean, they bring delight and you just send them back home let the parents deal with it, right? A godly dad knows when to discipline his child and he does so. I told you I had how many of these? We're at the last one. Godly dads make their children proud of them. Listen to chapter 17, verse 6. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. You know what? The only legacy I want to leave for my kids is for them to be able to say at my funeral, I sure was proud of my dad. Let me close by giving you this Father's Day card. Dear Dad, you've always been there in my corner, no matter what. When I felt confused, you were there to help me find direction. When I felt like giving up, you were there to encourage. When I had to make hard decisions, you were there to help me find strength. When I told you my hopes and dreams, you were there to help me reach out for them. And when good things happened, you were there with cheers and applause. Call me a lucky man, but that is the description of my dad. And I wanna be that for my kids. Can I tell you something, church? None of us are perfect dads. There are no perfect moms. And no, we're not gonna raise perfect children. But our society is in deep trouble today. And much of the blame is due to the lack of godly fathering in the home. So today I would like to invite you to, to start anew, to get a new beginning. Wherever you are in life, I want you to start over today. And you know what? We can do that. Today, all things can become new. That's the power of God. God. He can take that old fleshly heart and make it alive and make it new. God can turn bad things into good things. He can throw out the garbage and give you something to live for. God can make all things new today. That not only includes your heart, but it also includes your home. So would you join me today and let's pray for God to do something new in our lives and our families. Perhaps you aren't the dad that you need to be. Jesus can help you with that. Perhaps you don't have the kind of dad you need, but you know what? Christ can step in and help you. Perhaps you have bitter memories of your own father. Perhaps he he wasn't the kind of dad he should have been. You know what? Christ can even help with that. He can give forgiveness and bring healing into your life. He can make all things new today. Let him come to him. If you're here this morning and you've never received the gift of salvation, you can be saved today. God can give you a new heart. We say here at Kavanaugh, it's as simple as ABC. A, admit you're a sinner, you are. B, believe Jesus is the only one who can save you. He is. And C, confess him as Lord of your life. If you've never done that, man, I encourage you to come and let us help you do that today. But for all of you who are dads, man you know it's tough and you know you need help so why don't you join me at the altar today and let's ask god to do something new in our homes and in our hearts and to start over trusting him whatever problem you're facing jesus can help you with that problem you've just got to come to him heavenly father would you help us do that right now i pray that that we would do inventory in our own soul and spirit and If we need to come and pray, help us to come this morning. Dear Lord, I pray that dads, men would would take their wives and their kids and bring them to the altar today and pray together as a family. Lord, no matter where we are in life's journey, I know that we can all be doing more and better for you. So help us to make that commitment today. Dear Lord, help us just to come to you and give thanks and praise and Dear Lord, do something special in every heart, life, and home that is represented here today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed. Praise team's going to sing. But as soon as you stood up, would you just follow that by stepping out? Come on, families. Come on, moms, dads, kids. Let's pray together right now. Come on. Father, I pray for every dad in this room and all those listening online. Help us, dear Lord, to to receive this challenge today and to act like men. Help us to become good, godly husbands and dads. Help us to be men of integrity. Help us to teach our kids the way of the Lord. Help us to love our wives and our families. Help us to live our life in such a way that our children are proud of us. Lord, help us to pass that faith on down to our kids. And Lord, if we have any kids in this room or in our family that are away from you, as godly dads, may we lift them up to you right now and pray that you would be merciful and graceful to them. I love you so much, Jesus. I thank you for the men of this church. And I pray a special blessing on their lives. And I do it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you. You can be seated thank you for coming today man thank you for being here uh when you walk out the door if you're a member of kavanaugh church make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes if you are a guest please take that connect card to our connect counter we'd like to give you a gift uh, for that card pray for our kids today at two o'clock brother johnny's taking a whole load of them to camp beaver fort it's going to be a good time for them you pray for them come back on wednesday night We're going to have service in here. Brother Jeff's going to be preaching for us. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Men's prayer breakfast this Saturday, so show up for that. They always have something good to eat. I want you to pray for my buddy Kurt Dieter. His his father passed away, and uh, that funeral is going to be this Friday. Also, in our first service, Art Floyd had a brother who passed away, and uh, that funeral is going to be tomorrow. Guys, I hope you enjoy your gift. Man, hope you, what is it? But well, I forgot what I gave you. Super pliers, super pliers. Super pliers. And if you didn't win that uh, $200 gift card, no worries, come back next year. You might get lucky then, all right? One last thing, guys, husbands, fathers, go home today, sit in your recliner, your chair, your easy chair, your, let your beloved wife bring you that big old glass of sweet iced tea, You suck it down, and when you're done, just lift up that glass and rattle it. And then then tell me next Sunday how that turned out, all right? Get out of here.